Good afternoon, everybody. It's your boy Ray Cash, aka Rance Morris, here with another special WrestleMania sized edition of Social Suplex Special Debate Show. Fuck you, mean. And uh, once again, with me is uh, my good homie slash my, I guess, arch enemy, Simon <laughs> Kaiden from SportsKeeda.com. How you doing, Simon? Hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, recovering from WrestleMania late yesterday. It's funny. I didn't. I took maybe one drink of alcohol yesterday, and it feels like I took twenty for some reason. <laughs> That's the hurricanes, dog. No, it, it, no, I, it was just it was like a shot of ground. It was like I yeah. guess I was just being up for that long and all this other stuff was like, like I, I, I was I was out of it when I woke up early this morning. I feel the same way, dog. And I didn't even drink nothing, but it it was so much so much wrestling this weekend. So so many things. Uh, so much content, you know, it's, it's kind of like sensory overload a little bit. Yeah, WrestleMania, uh, I will say, before we get into what we got to get into, WrestleMania weekend was, it was the, one of the best I've seen, that, honestly. Well, I, I would agree with that, uh, but as you guys have come to know, both Simon and I, I tend to think WrestleMania is better than he did, but we're going to get through that. Before we even get into it, uh, normally we have a moderator, which would be James from uh, One Nation Radio or Jeremy from Keeping Strong Styler, any of the sort. But those guys are literally in the thick of it in New Orleans right now, trying to get home. So it's uh, just me, just me and uh, Simon today. So we're gonna try to keep it as civil as possible. But uh, yeah, Simon was was ready for this. He's been ready. He's been hitting me about this for the for all morning. So he's ready for this. <laughs> oh man, wrestle. I've caught to be honest, I've calmed down a lot since yesterday. Cause I, but uh, I'm still a little bit irritated from what I saw. So, <laughs> and and let me say, of course, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was a great show, and I think there was a lot more, a lot of positives, a lot more than I'm sure you do. But I'm not gonna sit here and 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 give you that ignorant statement that it was a perfect show. There were flaws, of course. Um, and I guess we can get into it if you want to. Yep. So starting off with the obviously the WrestleMania uh, 34 review, and on the pre-show, did you watch? I, I had it on. Uh, that was kind of where uh, I got most of my rest in to build now up that's, for the that, show. That's fine. You didn't miss too much, well, except for the cruiserweight match. You, if you get a chance, you go look at that. I saw but, portions. I saw a good portion of it. I did. Uh, I, I, I think I dozed off around the end of the match, but yeah. So but the, the, the entrance is, by the way, awesome. The pre- presentation of of the match looked really good. Mustafa Ali's entrance, entrance was dope. Yeah. Yeah, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. I believe this is what the fifth one. Fifth one, yeah. Yep, that was won by Woken Matt Hardy, with the, the assistance of Bray Wyatt. Yes. So I guess that means we're getting the Woken Hardys as a team or something, because Jeff's coming back. I have no idea how that's gonna work. Maybe, maybe they want to put Jeff away from Matt and let Jeff be Jeff, which is why they put they're putting Bray with, with Matt. That's just a thought. That's that's fine by me. I'm, I'm, Jeff Hardy, like people sleep on how over this man was in 2008. Oh, he was he was more over than John Cena. Right. People talk about CM Punk and his run in 2012, uh, 2011, but J- Jeff Hardy caught that fire first. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had the uh, Cruiserweight Championship between the two-word championship match for the vacant title between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. 
this match was just just really good. It deserved to be on the main show. But despite that, those two guys went out there and worked the match like they were on the main show. And, and by the end of it, fans gave it some of the reaction it deserved. I just really wish that this had opened WrestleMania. Not to say that the Intercontinental Championship was bad. That match was good, too. But yeah. it's like if you, you're doing all this to set the standard for how you want the Cruiserweights to be looked at going forward. And I think the best statement of all would have been putting this match on in on the actual card, because that's something Austin Aries and Neville didn't even get a chance to do. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you could, I have a theory, but well, not a theory, but I have a, I have a, a um, an analogy to explain why I think the Cruiserweight should not have been on the main card. And you're going to laugh, but uh, uh, forgive me for using this, but uh, if you watch BET, and uh, every year they have the BET Awards, right? And they always have, it's a three, four-hour award show. It's a, a big cluster of everything. And they give the gospel award and the gospel uh, performance five minutes out of, like, a four-hour show. And the reasoning for doing that is because gospel is a part of the station every Sunday. But it's compared to everything else they do, it's such a smaller part that it would not warrant a huge portion of the show which is kind of my analogy for the Cruiserweights. They deserve a platform. They deserve the match. They deserve all of that. But in the grand scheme of things, with everything else involved in the show, it's nothing compared to Raw, SmackDown, the women's division, the tag. It's nothing compared to that. And it's not even from a booking standpoint. It's just in proxy. It's a one-hour show when you got everything else, which is, you know, Raw and SmackDown, which are your main shows, the shows are built around. So... I think that they got, I think that they, I don't think they should have been on the main card, personally. I think the main card was perfect the way it was. Uh, but I'm glad they, they should have gotten at least to wrestle at WrestleMania. So I'm glad they got the showcase at all, if, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I can agree with that, but it's like when I'm looking at some of these other matches on the card and what ended up happening with some of them is like, you um, well, maybe one. We'll get there. We'll get there. Cause I know you're ready. We'll get there. <laughs> Next was the inaugural WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Yes. Originally named for the fabulous Moolah until the the Twitter, Twitter clap back on WWE for that. Yes. The match was won by Naomi after the scuffle between Bailey and Sasha Banks. I did see that. Which is very interesting because while I don't have a problem with Naomi because she is a former champion mm -hmm. and she deserves more chances than they've given her in the past year, it just felt like an odd juxtaposition to go from Naomi winning the match to Sasha Banks and Bailey's little feud. I feel like if they didn't want to focus too much on that, they should have had them eliminated, get, both get eliminated because of each other. Like the standard back and forth pushing or whatever. Yeah. Somebody comes in, cleans house. To to go from Bailey getting the one up on Sasha and then to jump right into Naomi eliminating Bailey was kind of kind of like cut her off. Well, I think the, the only issue was that it was Naomi and, and the only reason only reason it was issue that it was Naomi is because Naomi is, is a super is a super face. Um the way it happened made perfect sense in my opinion because their whole Ever since they've started uh, feuding, uh, Sasha and Bailey, uh, on the main roster, at least like recently, 
it's been over. Uh, Bailey can't get Bailey is tired of Sasha turning her back on her. That's been the whole prevailing theory about it, and Bailey's basically growing up. If you, I hate to say it that way, but that's basically how it is. So the whole match, they made a pact, and you could physically see them work, look at each other, say work together, to get rid of everybody else so it could just be them. And the second they do that, Sasha is trying to be. I don't, I don't know if she was gonna use it or not, but Sasha tries to shake her hand. Bailey's like, okay, and then Bailey. Hit Sasha and throws her off the top rope, basically doing the Sasha what Sasha's done to Bailey their whole careers. So so Sasha can understand on that on that big of a stage. The reason I say it makes sense for Naomi or whoever that person would have been to throw them out is because Bailey was so obsessed with getting that moment she wasn't paying attention to the match. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same argument for. Uh... It was that fatal four-way in 2016 with The Miz, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Like, they were so focused on each other, they, they couldn't even get the Intercontinental Championship. So so I so I imagine that the match between Sasha Banks and Bayley was coming soon. But yeah. like you said, having Naomi, a babyface, do that was kind of odd. Yeah, that's the only problem. Is is And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they wanted to give Naomi something. But yeah, it should it, should, it probably would have been better suited to be a... a, a a, a more of a heel, a heel character. Now I'm gonna ask this question. Yeah. Does this did this match even need to happen? Yeah. Now why is that? Because the whole point of the show is inclusion. So the women needed inclusion. There would have been ten women on the main roster who didn't get a, who didn't have a spot. Yeah, I'm kind of old school with that. Was like. Every, I don't think everybody needs to be on the WrestleMania card. It was like even to the point where if you said that the Cruiserweight match didn't need to make it to the card for everything else. Main I, roster. The right, main card. Yeah. Main roster. Main roster. I wouldn't be too apropos to that. Like, I just think since you do going in this direction, you should probably do that. But like I'm saying, like, I think if everybody – I know everybody can't make it on the WrestleMania card, mm-hmm. but – you know, that's the, that's the that's what they've been showing us the past couple of years, and with the network and everything else, they have the opportunity to do more. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, but how how long do you want these shows to be? How much time are you trying to eat up? Is there a reason you're trying to eat all this time up? Like, at least does it does does the pre-show really need to be two hours? Technically, yes, and I, I say that for this reason, because so think about to when uh think about when we had to buy pay-per-views, right? You used to have to call the cable provider and say, hey, I want this pay-per-view. You would have your 30-minute free-for-all before the show, and it'd be an hour for, like, WrestleMania, just running down all the matches, right? Well, though, I guess, I don't know if we remember, but those shows were free. Those were the shows that you could show, hey, mom, look, this is what's happening tonight. Can we buy this? Everybody could see those. You, you know, of course, if you bought the pay-per-view, you would see it too, but that was the for lack of a better term the commercial last minute commercial to get you to buy it so now the world's changed it's not just uh you know pay-per-view is uh, is in a different model now there's a million channels cord cutting streaming all this that and the other so now what wwe is doing is they'll show an hour on free tv on youtube on facebook on twitter on every network 
yeah, it was a network too. But of all these other, yeah, of all these other mediums that can say, hey, I want this pay per view, and I can say from, and I can say this from a very personal standpoint. Um, I had my daughter this weekend, and my daughter is just starting to get into wrestling. And she was the big proponent of this weekend, wanting to watch everything. Now, of course, she had to go home for school Monday morning. But what could have happened and what almost did happen was her mom was going to get the network for the night for her to watch WrestleMania. You know? But if I wasn't around and my daughter's into it, the way she could have said, Mom, can we watch this is, Mom, watch Turn USA, see what's about to happen. That's the commercial. So I get we're diehards, we're into it. We don't see it from the outside perspective, but there's a reason for that. Yeah, no arguments there. Um, That's the pre-show, by the way. So we're getting ready to move into the main card, right? Yes, finally. The, into the main card with the opening match. The Miz defending the Intercontinental Championship against Seth Rollins in Finn Balor. Yes. I believe Seth Rollins came out first with a tribute to Game of Thrones. The White Walker, I yeah. Really, I don't really watch the show, so I can't really com- comment on it. So, good question. Yes, sir. Did he wear blue eye co- uh, blue contacts, or was that some editing thing that they did? No, those are those are contacts. Um, if you if you look when Miz is coming out uh, and Miz comes in the ring, you can see him messing with his eyes and giving something to the ref. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are contacts. But to his I'm sorry? Yeah, because I was saying this is the beginning of WWE yeah. using these weird Snapchat-esque filters showcasing some of this thing. Yeah. Like, in some ways it worked, but that, yeah. in other ways it was like, okay, this is this is a little much. This looks like this doesn't look like the way you think it looks or probably sure. the way you hoped it would have looked. I didn't... Last night was the first time I didn't mind it. Last, last night was the first time I didn't mind it because it's stupid as hell when you know, somebody's cutting a promo and all the words on the screen. That's dumb. But to add context to the entrance... Yeah, God, I hate that. But <laughs> but adding context to the entrance is kind of... Like, that's a clever idea. Now, I thought, sure, the execution will get better, but it was a clever idea. Right, right, I thought it was cool. It's like, uh, some of those, they probably should have nixed when it was like, okay, this one looks good, this one looks good. Uh, maybe, maybe we hold off on that. The only one I didn't like was the New Day one. But I didn't like their entrance at all. Right, but we'll get we'll get to that later on. Um, and yeah. I just want to give, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know enough about it to know that Seth's White Walker entrance and his look was spot on. Just one, <laughs> I want to say that it was absolutely spot on. All right, then uh, the the Miz came out second, right? Yeah, right. The Miz came out. Uh, Which happened a lot last night? Huh? Which happened a lot last night? Champions came out either second or first. I really, I really, I, I know WWE does that, but I really don't like that. I think the champion should come out last, even, but whatever. Yeah. He had the the goofy looking glasses and everything. He sent Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas to the back, and I thought that was an interesting move. Yes, I agree. And then Finn Balor came out. He was escorted by members of the LGBT community. Yeah. All of them wearing his new shirt. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with him being an LGBT advocate. I just feel like this was the show for the demon, or I guess maybe they doesn't want to be the. I guess since he does, didn't lose, I guess since he lost, uh, being a demon would probably working wouldn't work in his favor. I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up. 
I'm glad you brought that up. Here's why it was not the show for the demon. We have been convinced that big shows are for the demon, but that's never what it was. The demon was always when he couldn't get it done himself, he had to go tap into that dark place. Right? That's what the demon was always about. It was never just every big show. So he never had to tap into that dark place in this feud. So there was no reason for him to go there. He hasn't had to do that in a long time. Um, so now I guarantee you the demon will come back when he has a feud that's so serious or a blood feud, if you will, that's more traditionally, uh, you know, heated to where he needs to be the demon to overcome. But it's the demon is a different part of his personality that he has to flip to to get the job done. And that wasn't the case last night, which is why I was never expecting the demon to begin with. I mean, you could argue that he that he wouldn't need the demon in this situation because, like Seth Rollins, yeah, Seth didn't beat him at uh, SummerSlam, and he but he has been beating them on these past couple of Raws, and he injured Finn Balor, like like pretty much severely, like um, like at SummerSlam to the point where that dude was on the shelf for almost a year, and then with the Miz, it's just this constant the constant interference and all this other stuff. I'm not sure if they've had a singles match. I'm sure they have on Raw or something. Yeah. I forget it's one. But it's like, you would think, okay, I'm fighting two people at once. Odds are stacked against me. One of these guys I can kind of handle. The other guy I've handled before, but he recently he's he's starting to turn up too. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think you could make an argument that the demon could have showed up here. But, but it you was a nice... Saying, right? Yeah, I get it. Perfect. Yeah, that, that, that's all I'm saying. So, I mean, you can make an argument for everything. And I would have loved to have seen the demon. I know people are killing to see the demon come at WrestleMania, but I'd rather it be right than just to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's a there's a there's a certain match I'm looking at right now that happened just to do it, and I got the time code on there too. We we'll gonna get, we'll get to that. Okay. The, this match okay. was a great way to open up the main show. Agreed. A lot of Finn, a lot of uh, uh, spots, high spots of Seth Rollins. Uh, he did his trademark uh, suplex, uh, top rope suplex, and into the Falcon Zero suplex. Yeah. And then, I think my favorite spot of the night was when Seth Rollins looked like he was going for a Hurricane Rana, but the Miz caught him and, and hit him with like what was supposed like a bulldog or a modified version of the skull crushing finale. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Finn broke Finn up the pin with, with the, the coup de gras. Yeah. They worked last night, man. That was that was a really good yeah. match. And Seth Rollins walked away with the title, and now every member of the Shield, if I'm not mistaken, is a yeah. Grand Slam champion. Every member, yeah. Roman Reigns, aside from Seth Rollins, it was Roman Reigns back in 2017 when he beat The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Yes. Wait a minute. Have all the members of the Shield became Grand Slam champions by defeating The Miz? Uh no, not Ambrose. Right, he 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 beat Kevin Owens. Well, he didn't beat yeah, Kevin, he beat Owens, Kevin first. Owens first. That's when he went in the Continental Championship first. Yeah, he beat Kofi for the U.S. title. Right, and yeah. he beat Kofi for the U.S. title. Kevin Owens for the Intercontinental Championship. And the bar. The yeah, the bar was the last. Was when he became a Grand Slam champion. Okay. But that would be hilarious. That would be a hell of a story to tell, wouldn't it? Right, I, I almost, I, I kind of forgot his feud kept with his Intercontinental Championship ring with Kevin Owens, which is kind of a shame on me because they had that great match at the Royal Rumble. Yes, yes, but it's been it's been a few years ago, so I mean I get it. Right, 
So no compl- no real complaints here. Many people thought Seth Rollins was going to challenge uh, Roman Reigns for the for the Universal Championship going forward, but um, well, I thought, I thought it was going to SmackDown. Right. For, for, well, for obvious reasons, <laughs> that ain't happening. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe later tonight, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next match on the card was just keeping up with the momentum: Oscar versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And can I say, I think that's tremendous card placement. I think that match was perfectly placed right there. I know a lot of people wanted to be later on in the card, but sometimes you just got to come out hitting them in the mouth and they hit them with two straight. I don't do star ratings, but I what I would venture to probably guess would be two four star matches back to back. Yeah. I, I love the yeah, I, I definitely say that. Um, Charlotte Flair ended up having a better entrance than Triple H. So I Charlotte might have had the entrance of the night, dog. Yeah. I never thought I'd live to see the day where Triple Triple H's entrance would be the one that underwhelms. But, but for yeah, the, Charlotte Flair came out with a similar. What you, you yeah, said? I was I was gonna. You were about to say what I was gonna say. I I like the callback to the last time they were in the Superdome. Charlotte was one of the valets for Triple H, and now she's the one coming in the crowd. That's such a really good callback. I love yeah, it. There's a there's a future champion in that uh in that uh group of. Uh, Roman soldiers. Who was yeah. it? Who, who were the soldiers? Do you, I, don't, I don't know who they were. I, I don't know. I just know that that's how these oh, things work just now. assuming? Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> John Cena makes his entrance at WrestleMania 22. Yeah. And CM Punk is there, yeah. Ten yeah. years, some seven, five years later, out comes CM Punk. Yeah. All this craziness. Um, Yeah, Oscar came out with the CGI mask floating over her. Looked like someone took shrooms. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is definitely like a just a big old Snapchat filter on the screen. Oh yeah. That that definitely was just nothing but a Snapchat filter. Yeah. But the match itself was really good. I had to step away for a moment to get something, but when I came I I felt like I when I came back in, I didn't miss a beat with all the stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Best part of the night was the moon salt into the triangle. The what's that what's our triangle oh, joke? That's not, I don't think that, I don't think that's the clip I saw on uh, Twitter. It was it was an Oscar lock or whatever they call it. Well, her, her move is called the Oscar lock, but when the moonsault was into a tri- triangle choke, which turned into the Oscar lock. But yeah, but yeah, they 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 wrestled. The, they, the, what I really enjoyed about that match was Charlotte did a lot of things she's never done before. Like you could tell she was trying to up her game to match Oscar's game, and that was uh really visible. Like she hit a Spanish fly off the top rope, Charlotte. Spanish fly, um, the uh, the suplex to the outside, um, just stuff like that. Like they really. Now, I'm 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 nitpicking here, but Charlotte didn't really sell the arm as much as I would have liked for her to, because uh, uh, Oscar was killing arm, and if you, the the importance of uh, attacking Charlotte's arm is when she has that figure eight, she has to bridge with her arm, but. They rectified that when she put her in the figure eight later on in the match, and she only held it with one arm. So, you know, they kind of came back to it. And speaking of that spot, that was the finish of the match. Yeah. Oscar's streak is done. And Dog, if I if I if I had a streak and someone told me I was going to New Orleans, I wouldn't go. Like that's where streaks go to die. I, I, I really hate that they did that. I, I hate that they, they, they want to gimmick up cities now. 
Like, hey, look, this is where this happens. Like, oh, this is oh, this is your home, nice hometown you got here. Be ashamed if you're lost in it. Like, all, this gimmick, all this gimmicky stuff they do with these towns, I'm not for it. Now, now New Orleans is the city of dying streaks. So if a new superstar debuts in Octo- in October and they're heading to New Orleans in December, he or uh, he better not show up on that show because this streak is done. I wouldn't say it's just the city. I'd say it's the dome, but maybe they might extend to the city. But what do you think about the streak ending? What do you think about that? I mean, to me, the money match was obviously Oscar versus Ronda Rousey at some point. Or Charlotte versus Ronda. Some confluence of the three. Well, I was going to get into that. Because I've read a report recently that suggests that the main event for WrestleMania next year will be Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Okay. Now, I'm not – at this <laughs> – I'm going to talk about that as a prospect for a main event later on. But as far as getting to that match, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. But I feel like Oscar versus Ronda at SummerSlam, let's say, mm-hmm. would be the perfect way to transition or get to that, mm-hmm. that match later on. It's like, okay, we got this big match this here, and now we're going to get this another big match at the biggest at the biggest show. Yeah. I just feel like they could have they could have kept her streak alive a little bit longer, because Charlotte could, because Sasha not Charlotte, uh, yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte could always win the title back, uh, at some point. Yeah, but so I somebody could cash in or something. I uh I've always hated streaks in wrestling, I've always hated them. Um, and my reason for hating them is, the point of a streak is to lose. Eventually, that's the whole point. You have to lose eventually. So, but there's always so much controversy around, well, that the person who, who beat you, who beat the streak, are they worthy? Well, what, what did, what did they do with it afterwards? Was it worth them? It's so many questions that never get the chance to be answered correctly because people build streaks up so strongly. And a lot of times wrestlers can be hampered by that. I mean, but that's the whole point in my opinion, because that's, it's the, it's the, it puts them at a different level. It makes you look at them in a different light. It's like this person hasn't been beaten ever or since blah 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 happened. You're right. And it and when they get to that point where it's like, oh, they lost. It should be this monumentous occasion. It should be, in my opinion, you can only use a moment like that with somebody who's established and the crowd will accept it, or somebody who is up and coming and needs one more step to reach that top tier. So you're right. So my question is, what's next? After after the streak is over, and if they say you they say that's achieved correctly, nobody's higher on the totem pole than Charlotte. What's next? So I'm saying that's why I don't like streaks because that what's that's what's next is never thought about during a streak. So I think Oscar losing now is the best thing that could ever happen to a career because now she doesn't have to live up to this grandiose persona. She could just go out there and be a badass, and if she loses, oh well, she lost. But she can go out there and just mow people down. Without the worrying about keeping the streak intact, which I think will make a prospective match with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, like you pitched, even better than it would have been with the streak, because there would have been the expectation of, of with, with that streak. Now you can just go in there and just look look forward to having a really good match between two really badass women. I, I gotta disagree. I can. I, I, I. You should be able to. I feel like you should be able to have that expectation for a great match with all of that too. There's not that much work that needs to go into building up a streak. You just promote it the right way, and you just have it's the person not building up the streak. It's not building up the streak. It's the after the streak, Simon. It's not the building up. 
the building up is easy. Yeah, that's easy as hell. It's the after effects. Because let me let me let me let me let me let me kind of explain why. And I, I we got so much to get to. I don't want to really harp too much on this, but Oscar just lost tonight, right? Last night. What's next for Oscar? Is she equal now to everybody else on the roster? Will she start losing like crazy all of a sudden? I mean, if Charlotte loses to Carmella Tuesday night, will the loss um, on Tuesday um, Saturday, on Sunday be devalued? Yes. Please don't bring that up. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying these are all things that are realistic. Man. Right. Which is so. I, I I'm not saying that Oscar. I didn't like Oscar's streak. I'm not saying that I don't like streaks in general. But Oscar's streak I think was handled well because towards the end of it. And I know a lot of people didn't like it, but once she got called up from NXT and got to the main roster and got against the quote-unquote heavy hitters, you've seen her struggle more and more to keep up. And I don't want to say, like, that's a bad way I, I put that. I'm saying, I'm, no, that's, that's fine. I'm saying what you're saying. I've watched some of the matches. Like, she looked a little bit weaker than you would expect her to. Right, because the level of competition is better than NXT, um, which made it more understandable for her to finally get caught one night. Because that's, that's all I look at it as. She got finally got caught. Uh, two years, dog. That's really hard to never lose a match. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I just feel like... See, I, we got to talk about the mixed tag team match in a second. So yeah. I'm going to come back. I'm going to make a note of that. I'm going to come back to this. Okay. And But before that match was the United States Championship match. Yes. Between Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, the champion, and Rusev. And Randy Orton did Randy Orton looked like he just woke up before he came out there. I'm so sick. <laughs> I've been sick of Randy Orton. The last time I legitimately enjoyed Randy Orton as a character, I could say was this few with Seth Rollins. It was it was kind of campy with some of the stuff they did building up to that WrestleMania match, but it was it was it was I enjoyed it. And when the match happened in RKO counter, I was like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Then he yeah. had that championship, those championship matches, and I was really getting tired of him. Yeah. And he had those Sheamus matches, and I was really getting tired of him. And he just kept doing non sequitur, boring stuff to the point where I'm just waiting for this dude to retire or become a full on part timer, where he just shows up every couple of months. Yeah. And in 17, I was burnt out by Randy Orton. Like, that that whole Wrestle Royal Rumble victory and that bull crap with Bray Wyatt, I was... And then he lost to Jinder Mahal. So, like, he <laughs> held on to the title for, like, three, four weeks or maybe a month just to just to lose it to somebody who hadn't won a match in God knows how long. Like, that's a whole other issue. I, and then this year, he just randomly wins the United States Championship just for Jinder Mahal to beat him... So does that mean we got to get another match between Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal? Do, do we really have to do that again? Did oh. we not learn our lesson from Battleground? Is is the Great God League going to come out again? Do, do I have to prepare myself for that? I'm 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 not here for this. If, if that's the next few, you, I'm done. I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm, I'll wait for him to move on. I'll, when he when he's done with Randy Orton, I'll, I'll pay attention to it. Like. Just just hit me up. I'd be like, oh, he's finally done. Oh okay. man, what's next? I'm not I'm not here for any more Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal matches. No, the answer is no. 
I'm, I'm no, I just got rep them random, so you go ahead. I I don't even know if I want to jump in right now. <laughs> you've you've been holding that in for a while, I can tell. Um, <laughs> so I do it not. Really, it really just hit me just now because yeah. at WrestleMania I was like, yeah, yeah, I kind of expected him to win. But then I remember, right. wait a minute, Randy Orton was the champion. That means we got to do that all over again. It doesn't. Have, I don't think it has to necessarily be a feud, but there, I'm sure there will be a rematch. But I don't think it has to be a feud. Let's hope not. But I, but I, but I do, I do like little quirks like that. That uh, there, there, like everybody has a wrestler they can't get by, or everybody has like a, stuff like that. So that little quirk that no matter what Randy does, he just can't get past gender. It's interesting to me, but I'm not a gender hater or or just whatever you want to call it. Um, I've never really hated Jinder Mahal as as just being a, being a guy or being a, a character. Like what he what he as he came, what he became as a character. Yeah. It was just the the, the juxtaposition. Yeah, like I, I get have, it. Like you can't just go from Kurt Hawkins style losing to being a top champion. Like there should be some there should be some levels to that. Or it's gotta be an excuse. You gotta win money in the bank or do something. You can't just hop right it. You got you gotta get a distraction victory. I need to see I need to see some goofy wrestling trope that makes it go, ah, that's why he did it. It can't just be, yep, he just beat Jinder Mahal. Now I guess you can count his two sidekicks, the Singh Brothers. Exactly what it is, yes. But he never won a match clean, yes. It was still too quick for me. Cause he he came over to SmackDown and then after a month he's the WWE champion. And one on one hand, anything can happen, but just because anything can happen doesn't mean anything should. But I'm dwelling on this too long. We ain't even talked about the match, really. Ain't nothing to talk uh, about the match. The match, <laughs> yeah, pretty much ain't none. It was okay. It was decent. Uh, Rusev, was clear, Rusev was clearly over, but Jinder Mahal got that win. So expect to see a few between those two after Probably, yeah. Probably. after Randy Orton gets his rematch. And uh, well. I suppose I owe you and Ronda Rousey an apology as we talk I'm, about the I'm, next match. Give it here. Bring it in. <laughs> give it here. I'm waiting. Yes. It amazes, it amazes me that Ronda Rousey, in some form, it wasn't all her. It wasn't all her because other people were in the match too, but it amazes me that she ended up having the best match on this show. That's both a great thing and a horrible thing all at the same time. So let's just get into it. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon make their entrance. It's basically last year's entrance with the with the escort of the motorcycles to the ring. And for the record, notice yep. the biker gang was all women. Yeah, that was done on purpose. Which is an interesting dynamic. They both do the Triple H um, iconic spit thing, and then uh, out comes Kurt Angle, and then out comes Ronda Rousey in her tribute to. Uh, the late Rowdy, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah. And as you expected, Ronda Rousey didn't get into the match until later on. The match is primarily Triple H working Kurt Angle. Dog, Kurt needs to go away. Oh my God, the dude doesn't like. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any of the matches he had with Alberto Del Rio and Cody Rhodes from the the summer or fall of 2016, but I. They couldn't have been. It, they couldn't have been that good if he's out here like this, because he's had time to heal now. You would think, okay, he's had some time off. He's yeah. still, I'm imagining he still trains, so he doesn't just get bloated or something. But I haven't seen any evidence that I want to see in him any in any match. 
Like some people, I remember when Daniel Bryan got cleared, some people were talking about Daniel Bryan versus Kurt Angle in a match. If that happens, that needs let it happen at Survivor Series. Let that be Kurt Angle's last match and let him be done. Because I don't, I really don't want to see him if he gonna continue. If, he, if this is if this is the state of his body and his physicality right now, yeah. he, he needs to seriously consider putting putting the stuff up by next next year at WrestleMania or whatever. I'm I'm literally I'm genuinely concerned for him when I see him wrestle. That's that's how it is. That's how bad it is. And his bump, people people concerned about Daniel Bryan, man. His bumps are, Kurt Angle's bumps were scary are scarier. Like, but uh, yeah. So Ronda Rousey got into this match. She did everything we expected her to. The, she she hit her with all the strikes, which, like, some of them looked good, some of them didn't. But yeah, yeah, it's But on the same show with Shane McMahon, everybody's punches looks good. Yeah. And she, you, she tried to use the armbar the first time, and Stephanie countered and beautifully, beautifully, because you know that's the only thing that she was training for. Right? Realistically, if you're fighting a person who their main... If you're fighting an MMA fighter, and you know the main thing they want to do is get you an armbar, what's the you going to train for? Not to not to get the armbar. It would, so I, I thought that was beautiful, by the way. Please continue, though. I I have mixed feelings about that because every time... When I think about Vince McMahon and as an authority figure wrestling Stone Cold and how not seriously the vignettes for him training were, this dude was out here chasing chickens and doing push-ups getting ready to fight Stone Cold Steve Austin... And then rightfully so, he got his ass kicked for like 30 minutes in the match. So, and that's why I kind of, that's what I wanted with this trip, with this Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey fight. Now, but you pick Stephanie didn't look. Which, 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 which Vince feud? You're picking and choosing the Stone Cold feud, but he's feuded with, he, Vince went toe-to-toe with Triple H in a match. Vince went toe-to-toe with CM Punk in a match. Vince went toe-to-toe with a bunch of different people in matches. You're just picking the Triple H, the Stone Cold feud. Cause that's showing that what first. you want. That was Aiden. That was the first. That was. The... But this isn't her first, is it? This isn't Stephanie's first, right? Uh, I mean, I suppose. And maybe she learned from the mistakes from her father. Hmm. Right. I guess I, that's the only way I can justify it. Cause it's like it's just a tinge of too serious to me. But maybe I'm getting maybe I'm just getting worked on the gimmick. But in any case. Triple H and Ronda Rousey square off for a little bit, and Triple H was getting his ass kicked up for a good minute. And I just, and I just find it kind of funny how this dude will put over, will put over this woman, but he won't. He hasn't put over any WCW talents <laughs> that have come to WWE, as far as I've recognized. He 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 could he didn't put over Sting. He ain't put over Booker T. Uh, he had to take that. He had to get his win ahead of time against Goldberg and got his win back against Goldberg. This dude really hate WCW wrestlers. This dude got a. He needs need to go see a therapist about that. That's a serious problem. <laughs> but uh, the match. I don't know what to say. You 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 know it's true. You, you, I they, don't they, know it's true. I could I couldn't I couldn't Scott Stein, I couldn't. Scott Stein is in, well he was in both. But <laughs> we we talking about stuff that happened like twenty years ago. I don't. I, I'm hey. just I'm just looking at the juxtaposition. Like okay he. He's out here taking these bumps, looking like he's getting dominated, and he rightfully should. It's like, and he and he was, it looked like he was about to tap to her in a, for a second too. It's like, where was all this for all the other L's that he needed to take? You, but everybody grows in twenty years, bro. Right? <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, man, God. I mean, Good Sting Lord. versus Triple H was only Sting three shouldn't. Years ago. I, I truly believe Sting shouldn't have won. I truly believe in my soul 
Sting shouldn't have won that match. Yes, I do. What? I yes, Sting should not have won that match. I'm the right person. We're, okay, I'm writing that down. We're saving that for when James comes back. Uh, if he comes back. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the match ended with Stephanie tapping out uh tapping out after Ronda basically was about to break her arm or broke her arm. Yeah. So if she doesn't come back for the next couple of months, you know you know why. What are your yeah. thoughts on this? Uh great match. Um one thing I want one thing I want to um read there she did an interview with ESPN after the after the match. Um and uh I want to read this quote to you. Uh, and this is concerning her losses in the UFC. And we all know how heavily they affected her and this, that, and the other. Uh, the quote is, it was me versus the world in an individual sport. I thought I'd never say this, but I'm so happy I lost those fights because it let me here. This is so worth it. For her to be to the point of wanting to kill herself because she lost those fights, to being, to not even, to being, not even being, being able to physically talk about them to to openly say un like unprovoked that she's happy she lost because it brought her here let's let's it should let all of us know that this is real for her she truly wants to be here and i want to point that out because a lot of people uh were upset about ronda coming in because you know part-timers and celebrities and this that and the other but ronda's so different than that because she's been a wrestling fan her whole life like we have so I'm so happy for her. Um, I'm nothing nothing that happened last night surprised me. I, in fact, you can listen to the last episode of this podcast. I told y'all it was going to happen. I told you Ronda was going to have a great debut. I told you Ronda was going to be great in the ring. Uh, just, you know, you got you have to give people a chance and give them time. And for her debut, she knocked it out the park. But it, if I were to say anything about the match, just just to say something about the match, I found it interesting that this was the first time we've seen real intergender wrestling on WWE in a while. And not, oh, I happened to run into somebody. But you no. Gotta go back, you like, gotta go back to like 2011, 2012 yeah. to see a to see a mixed tag match on a consistent basis on a bigger show. Absolutely. So like, uh, last, I think the last one on a big show, aside from WrestleMania 33, was SummerSlam 2013. When Dolph Ziggler and Caitlyn teamed up against Big E and AJ Lee. Okay. How you remember stuff like that blows my mind. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know how I remember that either. <laughs> I but think, yeah, I think Dolph no. Ziggler is a whole another case in this yeah. scenario. But but I I just I wanted to point that out that 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 was a really big takeaway for me. But yeah, bona fide star. She's a bona fide star, uh, and she's she's proven that. She has the capability to be a bona fide star in ring as well. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. her some time on the mic to become more compelling. And we got we have a superstar in our hands. Yeah, she's definitely earned my respect. Just like after the Royal Rumble, I said, okay, let's see what happens. I'm saying the same thing with Ronda Rousey. Now, granted, the next thing that happened was the Elimination Chamber, and I wasn't that big of a fan of that. But Ronda Rousey's next match ain't going to be something that ridiculous. So I have... So I have I have more faith. Let's say that. Okay. Now at this point in the show, I personally believe was the peak, because after this is when many people, or maybe even another match on the show is when many people say this show starts to fall off, because the next match on the show is the New Day versus the Usos versus the Bludgeon. I'm sorry, the Wyatt family, because I'm not going to call them the Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon the Brothers, yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> 
let's let's go over the facts of this before we even talk about the match. Okay. Over the past four years, mm-hmm. the Usos, the New Day, and the wife and Harper and Rowan have all had great matches with each other. Mm-hmm. Go back to some of the tag team matches with the Usos before the heel turn mm-hmm. against Wyatt and Harper when they were in the Wyatt, Wyatt and the, uh, not Wyatt, Wyatt Harper, and Luke Harper, Wyatt, yeah, Eric Rowan, yeah. when they were in the Wyatt family. Fast forward to 2016, some of the matches the New Day had against the Wyatt family yep. were pretty interesting, pretty entertaining. Fast forward to 2017 with the New Day and the Usos lighting, basically being the saving grace of this company and what I considered a kind of lackluster year overall. Like Tag team wrestling as a whole was the best it's ever been in 2017, in my opinion. Okay. That was a high. It was the first time in years that tag team wrestling was their, the company highlight. It was at the apex of everything else, in my opinion. Okay. And we get, and for all of that, all the work they've been putting in these past few years, they get like five minutes, and it just turns into a spot fest. Mm-hmm. And granted, people wanted this to be a ladder match, myself included, and most ladder matches are kind of sort of spot fest. Mm-hmm. But. At least there's a justification for that because you got this huge, big weapon in this match. You would, you kind of have to make use of it. Otherwise, what's the point? Okay. Uh, just to climb up the ladder. So for this match to just be five minutes, I, it was I think five, they, but yeah, yeah, about five yeah. minutes, maybe six, seven, might even be longer. But for this match to go on as relatively short as it did, mm-hmm. I'm just not feeling this. I feel like they should have gotten a little bit more time. At this point, they, were, they, were, they knew they were going to do a long show anyway. You might as well give fans something to remember. And I don't know if they didn't want to go tread back on the ladder match they had at WrestleMania 33. But in my opinion, there's no way to do that because that was the debut. That was the re-debut and return of the Hardy Boys. You can't. So that's all, that's its whole other thing in addition to them winning the championships. Mm-hmm. So if they had did another ladder match or a TLC, I think that would have been the perfect way. Like James said last week. A TLC match would have been the perfect way to usher in, like, okay, like, bridging the gap from the old era to the new era. It's like, this is what we got to look forward to now. So I've done enough talking on this. Um, what's your thoughts, Rance? You're not going to like it, but it was the right call. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because we tend to get caught up in wrestling and based on what we want, right? Especially WrestleMania time, because we've we, we've we've been given this expectation that WrestleMania is a showcase of immortals and all the different taglines, right? At the end of the day, it's a wrestling show that's going to be followed up by a wrestling show the very next day, so the story has to continue. The story is always paramount and has to continue. The story going into this match was the Bludgeon Brothers destroyed everything. The story. The reason, the story of this match, the reason it existed was the Bludgeon Brothers destroyed everything. So, it only makes sense based on every ounce of the build that the Bludgeon Brothers destroyed everything. This was a squash because the story called for it to be so. Now, I understand we wanted to see more. That's fine. You, you're right on that because I love the Usos. They're my favorite act in the company. Completely right. But the story called for the Bludgeon Brothers to destroy both teams. The reason and the fact that the Usos and the New Day got as much in as they did is a testament to how good they are and how much management cares like really must value them because effectively they should have came out there and got squashed in two minutes from what the Bludgeons had been doing. That 
take your take your personal feelings aside and just look at the TV. Just look at what you're being given. That is what the story was calling for and built to. These guys came out here and destroyed all five guys in a minute and a half. In a minute and a half at Fastlane. I mean, but that was also in the midst of them having a match, so they were also kind of tired and everything else. They had wrestled like, for five and they minutes, Simon. It wasn't like they had a full-on match. It was also not expecting the two. You also got you're right. Out. You're absolutely right. But look at every other look at every other time they've gotten together. When when uh, Biggie and Jimmy Uso teamed together to fight them, what happened? Destroyed them. When the Usos teamed together to fight them, what happened? Destroyed them. When the New Day came back and fought them, healthy, what happened? Destroyed them. The the Bludgeon Brothers are just being built to that level, to where right now, nope, they're supposed to be unbeatable. And maybe we will get that TLC match, which is which is the eventually the match that will uh, or ladder match or or gimmick match, whatever it is, which will be that first uh, crack in the armor, if you will, to letting them be. It's almost the same thing as Oscar um, in a different in a different way. When you're building somebody up to that level, you have to have some integrity to with that with that with that right. So if Oscar was sneaking wins for two for two years, you wouldn't care. But the fact that she was beating people dominantly up, Deanna Perrazzo got beat with a kick to the face. You know, stuff like that. So it this this was this was effectively a squash, but it was the right call for the story because Tuesday tomorrow night when SmackDown comes on, WrestleMania happened, but we in the, we in the next town. We in the next town on the next show for the next week for the next whatever. It's time to get moving again. You can't stop everything at WrestleMania. So yeah, I think it was the right call. So you're saying that having that big match would have stopped the uh, stopped the Button Brothers at some point or somehow, like as a like for their momentum? Would you say it would have reached its peak or something if they had had that big match then no, as opposed I'm, to later? No, I'm saying the story called there is nothing in the story that's called for the bludgeon brothers to look to to for anybody to be competitive with them right now nothing in fact i i i i i'm gonna i'm gonna venture to believe and even uh say out loud and you know um i'm gonna guess that they're going to acknowledge tonight that the reason that the usos and the new day got blown out is because they didn't work together because had they worked together to take out the Bludgeon Brothers, it would have been a different match. You need to, yeah. They should talk to well, they should talk to the revival and DIY about working together to take out the big guys. That don't always work in your favor. But uh moving on. So <laughs> even more even even more to prove my point. Right? Alright, I I'll concede that point. However, the next match is the match I was referring to earlier with the time card stamped on it, that certain match that uh, was the big thing that really sent me over the edge. Oh, my God. So, as many as you saw on Twitter prior to the show, John Cena was in the seats close to ringside as a fan, mm-hmm. taking pictures with people, drinking a, drinking a beer for the majority of the show. It was after the Oscar and Charlotte match that a referee came to talk to him, and he bolted up the the ramp and ran to backstage to change into his ring, in ring gear. So Cena comes out. He's he's expecting something to happen. 
the a referee comes out telling him something. Cena grabs him like he's about, like he just got told to go home or something. Which is what many people would presume, like the Undertaker isn't here or he's not coming out or whatever. Which leads to the the arena going black and for Elias, the big troll coming out there. Like I don't know what you were expecting, but I know y'all, y'all, y'all about to walk with Elias today. Yeah. Whatever. He says some things about John Cena. John Cena goes in there and beats Elias out the ring. Attitude adjustments. You can't see me. Everything else. He heads up the ramp when his music hits because he doesn't. Like that—that that was the first time I've seen that happen. Like where a wrestler's music was hit before they even said anything or did anything else. Mm-hmm. It was almost like Vince or somebody was telling him, "Okay, you can go back home now." And then it goes. The arena goes black again. We see the image of the Undertaker's hat and his jacket mm-hmm. from WrestleMania 33 in the middle of the ring. We get some good old CGI Snapchat filter lightning mm-hmm. to blow it up. They turn the light back on the ring. The gear's not there anymore. And we hear that iconic sound, and we witness the return of The Undertaker to WrestleMania 34. Mm-hmm. Now, throughout the entirety of this ma- entirety of this entrance, John Cena is essentially is somehow the most scared wrestler on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. He is more scared than Edge was mm-hmm. against The Undertaker. He was more scared than Big Show was at the process- prospect facing the Undertaker in a casket match, mm-hmm. like it, he was more scared than Kane. He he's definitely more scared than Kane was at WrestleMania 20 when when the Dead Man returned. Yeah. He's the most scared person on the face of the planet. This 16 this 16 uh, time champion with 16 years plus in the business, mm-hmm. previous in- interactions with the Undertaker, both as the American badass Big Evil. And as the dead man himself, but in a smaller stage on, on Raws and everything else. But he sees The Undertaker come back, and it's somehow awe-inspiring to John Cena, the man who's been calling out The Undertaker for months on end. The match, the weeks on end. The match happens, and I say match, but it was basically a squash. Mm-hmm. Cena got one move of offense. Mm-hmm. He did... A back suplex to the Undertaker. Yeah, the setup to the five knuckle shuffle. The setup to the five, the, to the five knuckle shuffle. Mm-hmm. He hit this. You can't see me. He hit the ropes, and the Undertaker did his trademark sit up, and he choke slammed him, and he tombstoned him, mm-hmm. and that was it. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 34, John Cena versus the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Take away the entrances, take away Elias, and all that time wasting. Mm-hmm. This match was like three minutes. Okay. We went through all this mm-hmm. to get to three minutes. Mm-hmm. And all I got to say is, if The Undertaker at this stage in his career, like many of us already pretty much knew after WrestleMania 33, mm-hmm. if The Undertaker at this stage in his career is only good for a handful of offensive maneuvers, stay home next year, please. Um, I appreciate everything you've done. Great wrestler, one of my favorites. But at this point, no. Is it, uh, is, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, before I unpack this, I think I owe it to you and everybody listening to acknowledge my what what my original thought was on the match or the the concept. 
Um, if you remember, I hated everything about it only because I hated the prospect of Undertaker wrestling again. That was my only issue with the whole issue. Uh, I, I, Undertaker should have been done a long time ago, and I was just tired of running the running the same old same old with Taker if he wasn't gonna come, or wasn't gonna wrestle. Okay. With the whole storyline unpacked and it finishing, I actually, in the benefit of benefit of hindsight, love the way it, it turned out for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I'm gonna give you the most obvious reason. This was reciprocity for The Undertaker. This was a thank you and a get back for him losing to Roman last year and losing to Brock uh, in 30. And I say that because everything about the match was a callback to that. They were in the Superdome, the place where the streak died. And that's where he rose again. Say, forgive the analogy there. Um, there was also the call back to his gear being in the ring from last year when he retired and the aura of the undertaker died and lightning hits and he comes out with the same stuff back on. So all that was, was kind of a, I think it was a, we've, I know we've said, we've all said this a million times, but a true final fitting ride for the undertaker to kind of end on his note. Because you, everybody knows he wasn't happy with how last year ended. So that's from that. Okay. Let's unpack it from uh, John Cena's perspective. I kind of laid it out on, in the last podcast, but uh, I don't. I'm 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 one that likes to analyze what we can tangibly see. Okay. Tangibly on television, John Cena, and he acknowledged this on the Raw before SmackDown. Since he made his return, quote-unquote, he's lost to Roman Reigns. He lost the Survivor Series. He lost the Royal Rumble. He lost the Elimination Chamber. He lost the Fastlane. Right? Sure, he can win the one-off match on a Raw or SmackDown, but he's lost the matches when they've counted the most. So, which was his catalyst for him challenging The Undertaker. But now that we've seen the whole picture, I don't think he ever expected The Undertaker to ever accept. I think it was more him wanting spotlight because he knows his spotlight is fading from a character's perspective. And the reason, and again, I add, I, I, I say this tangibly because he comes out, he came out every week for a month, was it? 20 minute promo, Undertaker come back, Undertaker come back, Undertaker come back. But then the night before the night the Raw before WrestleMania, he comes out and says, Well, I could have any match I want. I don't want it. I want this one. So if you wanted the WrestleMania, the Undertaker match, all you gotta do is talk to Vince about it, right? That's what the prevailing theory would be. Then it's canon because he brought it up. Um He's built this match up in his mind so long because he talked about it last year, he's talked about it before on camera. So I think this was kind of a humbling of the John Cena character uh, because he never expected Taker to really be there. When he took off, uh, that was probably the one gl- the one glimmer he gave himself to think, oh, well, maybe this is happening. I got to get ready. That's why he took off the way he did. And that's why he was so mad when Rudy Charles or whatever his name is now told him, no, it ain't happening. 
because when have you ever seen John Cena grab a ref and act like he's going to fight him? Never seen it before. One, one time he came close. It was like WrestleMania 29 when The Rock kicked out of like an attitude adjustment. And that's and that's the one time that you could honestly say he's diluted, right? That the rock that rock feud is when he diluted into not Hill Cena, but not I don't believe in myself, John Cena. So another callback, um, which is why all of that added is why he was so scared when Taker came out because none of it was expected in his mind. Um, so yeah, it and. Some sometimes some things are bigger than just a great match, and I feel bad for everybody that built themselves up into thinking that Taker and Johnson were gonna have a classic because it's y'all fault. Just like everybody got mad when Daniel Bryan didn't win the Rumble that Batista won, that's y'all fault. It was never advertised. It was never ever once brought to anybody's thought process or mind that it was gonna happen. Nobody ever ever advertised that the Undertaker was gonna wrestle Johnson at WrestleMania. It was with the Undertaker confront John Cena. So, if you're mad about that, then you gotta be mad at yourself. Because WWE never told you that. I mean, and that, with that with that being said, if it was just gonna be about a confrontation, mm-hmm. why not just hit the chokeslam and the tombstone? He's done that before. Just I'll attacking agree with that. I agree shows. with that, by the way. I agree with 100% what you're saying right, with that, by the way. I have no I have no response to that. You're, right, you're dead on right about that. <laughs> exactly. I was like... Because I remember at, uh, what was the show? Battleground in 2015, when he faced... You got a mind for this stuff. I don't know how you remember these cards. I remember I remember, I remember the most random stuff about some of these shows. Like, just about every... I'm a, I guess I'm just a TV guy like that. I can just call back stuff at the drop of a hat. Um, but, yeah. When I, when I think about the... I think about the whole aspect of him coming back to confront John Cena. Mm-hmm. He, he, they could, they could, he could have, could have went out in a blaze of glory just by saying this. My days in this ring are done. No. Or something. Or no. say, or he could have said something or just, no. like, see, or see, Cena say something. He could have. No. And he just said, but I'm not done with you. Choke slam tombstone or something like that. Maybe, I, I, I just don't think that would have worked because, um, you know, sometimes we also have to remember when we watch WrestleMania that some things are booked for the crowd, right? And that's hard for us to accept, but some things are booked for the crowd. Um, and to see The Undertaker live at his show, and even though I would have liked it for it to be more of a confrontation than anything, but to see him finally get his final win and pad his stats, if you will, I just think that was the way it had to, it had to end up with the way it was built. I'm not saying that I that I would have booked it that way. I mean, but what are what are his stats at this point? He's what? Twenty five and two. Twenty five and two? Yeah. I mean I thought it was look last year seemed like the better way to go out to me. It was like twenty five years of wrestling at WrestleMania. That 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 perfect number. Because you know how WWE likes those those numbers that like that. So like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. And you you've been here for the longest. And that could have been it. Like I understand that Roman Reigns match wasn't what you would what you would have wanted, but mm-hmm. I I doubt the the Undertaker's been doing this for a long time. I know this dude ain't stupid. You you've I'm sure he's felt things when he was wrestling in shorter matches 
when the time he got to New Orleans or or WrestleMania 33, he was like, man, I don't know what's about to happen out here. So it's like, nope. The Undertaker had a bet. Undertaker had the best chance ever just ending it at Survivor Series and ca- could have called it quits in 2015. That would have been a good way to go out. He would have had this feud with Brock Lesnar, letting everybody know he was still one of the top, one of the big guys in the yard, all the stuff. Because he got he got his win back. Yes, he cheated, but he got his win back once. Yeah, but we can't go back and say well what should have happened in the past because it's what 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 is is what it, it is what is is what it is. Um, uh, because if that's the case, then he should have retired after 28, in my opinion. Yeah. After, after okay. But we can't. <laughs> okay. we, but yeah. we, we don't have we don't have that benefit, right? So. Uh given what we've been given, um, I think it's okay for either Vince to want him because I personally, this is no, I, I have no source, nothing. It's just an assumption. I think Cena pitched this to everybody, to uh, Vince and Taker, just to kind of say, thank you, Taker, for what you've done. Because remember, Taker was pretty instrumental in Cena's career when Cena started. Taker took him to the side. I, I remember report like that earlier so i'm gonna wait to hear more from some people on that it's yeah. very possible yeah but i just feel like uh, i don't know every man i i i and i, I don't i don't this i don't i don't want to say this and it, it'd be offensive so i apologize ahead of time if it is but everything ain't for you dog yeah I, I, oh, well, yeah you I, know I can this, this this is one of those moments that's i don't want to say it's bigger than wrestling but this is a dude who people have based their entire fandoms on, and to see him go out in one last blaze of glory, you know, walk out on his own two feet—that's that's a big deal to people, dog. So, some some things just ain't for us. What are the chances that he has another match? Man, look. <laughs> you want me to be realistic? Realistically, like, or if he if this is the end. Yeah. If he comes back next year, right, 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 right there with you, right there with you. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, so, it'll be, it'll be Undertaker flames on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so if this is, I, I will apologize ahead of time if this is the end because I will tip my hat to you at that point. I will yeah. apologize for all the stuff I'm saying. He got if this ain't the end. Yeah. If he comes, if I see, if I see this man anywhere outside of the Hall of Fame ceremony or the, or or a backstage segment next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, uh, we yeah. got to move on. The next match on the show: Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan making his in-ring return to WrestleMania for the first time since WrestleMania 31, where he won the Intercontinental Championship. Daniel Bryan's been racking up wins since WrestleMania 29. If you if you slept, so that, he got four straight WrestleMania victories in but, the books. But wait, Simon, I thought that the company hated Daniel Bryan. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't about to, I ain't about to play this game with you. <laughs> Man, facts. They faced a team of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with the added bonus of if Kevin and Owens won, if Kevin and Zayn won, mm-hmm. they would get their jobs back on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. This is one of those wrestling things. Like we've been fighting for months and all this time. I hate you. But damn it, if you win this match, you get your job back, and I get to do it all over to you yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never heard that either. Never, I never got that much either. Yeah. Anyway, the match was good. 
Uh, my only problem is we. I think we could have done without the call back to WrestleMania 30 with the stretcher fake out for Daniel Bryan. I I it, I got what they were doing, but at the same time, I was like, I mean, I know what this is, but I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I just think, and I, I I have to temper my words because I feel a certain way about this whole thing. But uh, you 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 you, it's kind of you, it's kind of you get what you ask for type deal. Like we, fans wanted Brian to wrestle again. These are the type of matches he's gonna have to wrestle for a while until he can prove he can stay healthy. You know, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because if you know, you want this dude to go out there and wrestle a twenty-minute full-speed match. Oh no, no. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not it, saying it, you, but I'm just saying in in general. No, so. Brian had stayed on the apron for most of the match, and shit, and Kevin and Sammy were working him until he got tagged in. I wouldn't have had any much anything to say. But the problem but with that thought, is that happened in the Ronda match. You so it would have been overkill. I mean, Brian is a big enough star. I think they could have got away with it twice with him. So, well, but I get, but I get what you're saying. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two on that one. Brian, Brian gets away with everything. Yeah, I, I got some flames to spit out here in a minute, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm, I want you to finish. Oh no, I, I ain't got much else to say other than Brian tapping out Zayn in the match. So, yeah. what do you got? So, go ahead and say what you got to say, bro. The floor is yours. You know, I really, I really, truly do love that Brian Danielson. I've grown to love the dude. I hated him so much at when 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 back like before he ever got to WWE, but I've grown to really care about the dude as a person and a performer. Like I really have, and I hate that I end up always having to be the guy to always come at him negatively. But I truly and this this is gonna I realize this is gonna be a little hyperbolic, but I feel like this to a certain extent. I feel like I'm the only human being on, on earth who looks at him with an unbiased eye. I really do. And the reason I say that is because if any other wrestler on the card were to take an apron powerbomb two weeks ago, an apron powerbomb this week, at some, that night, come back into the match and not sell, take a halluva kick, take a pop-up powerbomb, and kick out of every, like, no other person can do that on the card. And still, and nobody, really nobody criticized. I really wish I would have been there with you watching WrestleMania 30. When this man had basically had a broken arm. I hated it. I, I was losing my mind. I was losing. And, and here's the thing, Simon. Here's the thing. I wouldn't care if y'all wouldn't criticize other people for the same thing. That's my thing. I'm, I'm such a consistent. My mind is built to be consistent. So if you're going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, then cool. I can, I can suspend my disbelief. But you can't criticize him. But then you can't not criticize him. But then criticize everybody else who does the same thing. And that, like, it killed me. So, hats off to him. I'm happy. He's health. He's happy. I hope to, I pray every single day that he doesn't end up hurt like I like I believe he will be. I hope he doesn't. And uh, I'm happy he got his moment. I am. But, that like, that's too much for me. I, like, we, we, we got to be, we got to be consistent, dog, at some point. We gotta have some consistency, cause the rules change for Daniel Bryan, and I ain't with that. The rules can't change for nobody. Change for everybody or nobody. All right, and with that, we move on to the final four matches of the show. We finally wrapping it up a bit. AKA Simon's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Y'all can't see the face I'm giving this man, so I'm oh, just go ahead man. and talk about the next match, the Raw Women's Championship match. Yeah. Alexa Bliss defending against her former 
my former friend or whatever she called, she thought That's of right. Nia yeah. Jax. This was a classic story. Friend saying one thing in front of your face, saying another behind your back. Nia Jax has also been very active on Twitter with the whole body positive image stuff. Yes. Like the critiques about some of the things she's been hearing from people. So yeah. mixing in some of the truth, some of the, some of the truth with the story. Yeah. So no problems there. The match itself, I think, was a little too long. I would agree. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Nia Jax should have just completely squashed her. Like, because Alexa had some good offense in there. She hit the Twisted Bliss off the top rope. Mm-hmm. So she's making some improvements, doing some more impressive things. So I'll give her that point. Yeah. But at the same time, like. Be real. Be real. Uh, be real. Right. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I will say I liked how the match started. Cause I'm like, okay. But you took it out of my mouth. Yes. Right. Like, I hope Nia Jax doesn't suffer from dumb baby face syndrome where she's just going to let this woman who's been messing with her these past couple of weeks just out here just, yeah, let, let her cheat. I'm glad she. The, the first thing she did before the bell rung, took took Mickey James out back and put, put oh. two on the hand. It's like okay, now I can do what I came to do. That I love that. That was, it, you know, I it's, it's cool when they make baby faces seem like like they make sense, <laughs> right? It's good when they do that for once. And out here suffering from Sting syndrome. <laughs> oh, James gonna hear that, bro. Sting never never learned that. <laughs> <laughs> ain't much to really say uh, Nia won the title people were predicting Carmelo would come out and cash in it could still happen Wrestlemania uh, Raw at Wrestlemania you know crazy stuff happens like that uh, there's a they still got months before she has to cash in before she loses the contract so but the Money in the Bank contract winners from 2017 is a whole nother argument yeah heading into the match I picked to be a potential uh, match, the best match on the show. We had well, AJ Styles. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Before you, you I, I didn't get to say nothing about the match. I just got oh. one question for you. One question. Do you think before the when we did our preview, you said that this was the one match you would expect to be the worst of all of them? Do you, do you still stick to that? Because remember, if you if you remember what I told you, I told you. I, it wasn't going to be great, but it was going to be much better than everybody expected it to be. Is that fair? At the, at the point in the show that it happened, I was thinking it was... I was, yeah, that, that, at the point in the show it happened, I was thinking, okay, this isn't great, but it's definitely not terrible. So I will concede that yeah, you were right about that. That's all I'm asking. But I'm still thinking this is going to be one of the weaker matches of the night, but little did I know that we had whatever the hell they had in store for us. <laughs> so moving on. You're ready for this. Go ahead. Let's go. This ain't this ain't even my this not even my big thing. This is Rich and uh, James. Like I was expecting a lesser match because I know they weren't going to let them do. What, let me just go ahead. Yeah. AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. A rematch from Wrestle Kingdom 10, where the two men fought for the first time over the Intercontinental Championship. IWGP now, I Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. So, yeah. So, like I was saying earlier, this isn't even the match that I was really that invested in because I I spent most of my time analyzing the main event, which we go which we gonna get to. Yes, we are. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, I never expect. I one of the reasons why I said that Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship was gonna be the one of the better matches on the show. Mm-hmm. 
was because I never really thought that WWE was going to let these two men go out here and have a New Japan style match. I always knew they were going to have to, they were more than likely going to have to conform to whatever the style WWE prefers their wrestlers to work at these events. Plus, Nakamura has had some inconsistencies in the past of some of his match performances, even against some people who are considered more upper echelon. So, but then, it, well, it, it's a, it's a, Nakamura in himself is a whole other discussion we're going to get to after we talk about the match. Mm-hmm. The match was good. It was relatively slow at the beginning. It was still good, but it wasn't what it needed to be. And because the crowd, for as much as they wanted to care, because that's what I've heard from people who were in attendance, like people were interested or whatever. But, you know, like, man, after five, six hours, people were just like, I'm beat. And they got into it later on into the match, but it wasn't the same level of energy that you would expect for this match of all the hype coming up from it, from the internet and everybody else. And now I predicted that AJ Styles was going to win because I figured, well, if I doubt WWE is going to reference this strongly from from the Wrestle Kingdom 10 match, but if if Nakamura won there, AJ should win here. And the the next match is the is the kicker. I I didn't think about that, but that's a good way to think about it. So I didn't really have a problem with the end result. I just felt the match sprout. I, I kind of expected more from this, and I was a little disappointed. Then they decided to turn Shinsuke Nakamura heel at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. He presents the title to AJ Styles, and I was about to I was about to go crazy. I'm like, why is this man on his knees presenting the title like he's a damn like he's, like he's a damn uh, right? He's a he, right. Why is he proposing to AJ Styles? Why is this man out here like your your dinner, sir? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what it was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Get off. Like get off the ground, get off the ground. I, that this took me completely by surprise. Uh, all of us have no problems with this at all. Yeah. I'm very interested to see where they go with this. So uh, the match disappointed, but there's an angle coming out of it that I can't hate on. So okay, I'm, I got nothing else to say about this. Ranch, what's your thoughts? I, I I love your take on it. I I, I tend to agree with almost everything you said. Um, I think oh, one, one quick caveat. Yeah. Uh, Nakamura's entrance tonight, uh, last night. Pretty awesome. All they missed was the crown. That's the one thing I wanted from him. But other than I, that, that, that was cool. I wanted to, I wanted the orchestra, but being as he's the rock star, it made even more sense. And yes, it was absolutely awesome. Um, so, um, I think sometimes, uh, and you're, we're both smarts, but I think you're more of your of a of a traditional smart in your allegiances and thought processes than I am. But well, we build ourselves up to things a lot of the times, right? We do it to ourselves a lot of the times, uh, or a fair amount of the time. And I think smarks and internet fans, or however subset you want, how you however you want to categorize it, built this match up to be so legendary that they were never going to live up to expectations. If you go back and look at it in the vacuum, it's a really good match, really good match. But it isn't best of all time type stuff like nope. some people were expecting. And it's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles was better than this from last year. Expectations. Expectations. That's, that's what yeah, it is. Expectations were low last year. They exceeded them. Expectations were high this year. Plus, uh, plus, failed to see them. It goes to show you how much a hot crowd can affect a match. Because yeah. AJ and Shane started the show, which is which is 
part of the reason why I never thought AJ and Shinsuke should have closed the match show should have closed the show because the crowd wouldn't have been hot for him anyway, right? If they would have been in the final thing of the show. But anyway, uh, match was, the match was decent. Match was fine. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest match I've ever seen. And no, it wasn't what it was in, in New Japan, but it shouldn't have been because we're in a different company, different style. It doesn't mean they couldn't have wrestled well. Couldn't have, didn't mean they couldn't have, have gone out there and wrestled a all-time WrestleMania st- a great match, which leads me to the hill turn. Uh, you know, Josh was very vocal uh, in talking to me after the show, very upset with, you know, Josh is a very, Josh from Keeping Strong Style is a huge Japanese wrestling fan, uh, much bigger than American wrestling. So Nakamura is his guy, AJ became, oh, this yeah, cool. He was disappointed, and, but one thing I was trying to point out to him was this. Name your bad AJ Styles match in WWE. Can't. Bad? No. You Mediocre or, or lackluster? Probably his matches with gender. Because gender just ain't got like that. And it ain't his fault, but that's okay. just a flat. That's just a fact. Right. So, uh, and AJ, uh, the Forbes list came out today. AJ is the fourth highest person, fourth highest person on the Forbes list in terms of wrestlers this year. AJ very clearly is this term I'm going to use again. One of Vince's boys. Very clearly. Very clearly. AJ got enough stroke to, to wrestle the match he wanted to wrestle in that spot. A lot of the criticism has to come down to Shinsuke. I'm, this is the way it is. This is the way I see it. That, because every other aspect is completely consistent except for Shinsuke. Which is why the heel turn was so perfect in storyline and in reality. Because... Uh, I think Shinsuke is a much better champion than Challenger, but Shinsuke is very clearly much more, much better as a cocky asshole than. Which is basically what he, which is basically what he was supposed to be. Yeah, but like, it's no different than than the Bobby Roode thing. His music was so over and the, and the act was so over that the fans were going to cheer him anyway. So my I mean, I, well, Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't a heel in NXT, but it's like no, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He definitely was more of the cocky type. Right, his persona came shine through a bit more yeah so, absolutely yeah. I, absolutely um so and then somebody god I, I don't know who said it somebody that i that uh in 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 my wrestling circle but they said it perfectly and, and i, I kind of want to end my part on my part on this we were expecting this to be the end of the story when it turned out to be the beginning what's, Styles, what's, that quote from, what's that quote from uh roddy piper Oh, somebody. Uh, uh, just when they, which one, the the the, the questions one? Questions, yeah. Just when they, just when they, uh, when they check, when they give me the answers, I change the questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagine a summer, SmackDown being anchored by the summer of AJ versus Shinsuke, and Shinsuke being unleashed. That's that's a very, very fun proposition. I hate that, uh, the match, the match, uh, the match was a sacrifice, but I hate that. Uh, we look at the match as a bit of a sacrifice for the good of getting here. I hate that because I would have loved at the end of this show for this match to have been an all-time great, but, you know, it's all about the next day for me. It's all about the story, and they about to kill it. I really believe they about to kill it. Nakamura, Nakamura has to at this point. Because yeah. at this point, all he has to his name on the main roster are 
the Rusev, Randy Orton, and John Cena matches, which are so sporadic and in between that they don't even really stack up. Are you talking he, about good matches wise? Yeah. Right. Good match wise, storyline wise, too, pretty much. Because this, this, his feud with Dolph Ziggler was just an introductory thing, and those rarely are great. Yeah. yeah. His Baron Corbin feud was trash. The one with Jinder Mahal, it was okay. And th- but other than that, he really hasn't had any feuds. He's just been ragtagging and doing whatever for the most part. Yeah. So he hasn't had, even really had a big storyline coming up from NXT so far. So this yeah. will be his biggest storyline to date. And he, he has to deliver here or people are going to really start to look at this man a little bit differently. Well, one more thing I want to say before we, we move on. Uh, one thing Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon are great at is foreshadowing without even knowing that it's being foreshadowed, right? Second match of the car was Oscar versus Charlotte. After the match, Oscar is she's the World Rumble winner, Japanese. She loses. Her streak is beaten. She brings the title to Charlotte. You are ready for Oscar. Big hug. Happy, happy, happy. Same situation. AJ Shinsuke. AJ beats Shinsuke. Defends his title. Uh, Shinsuke brings him the title says congratulations you deserve it and then flips it and turns so that foreshadowing i think was uh was that that was a, a really nice call back and, and, and a really interesting piece of story to when we look back on it that was probably telling us what was going to happen but we didn't pay attention yep and moving on to the next match we had i'm so something... scared to hear what you're gonna say about this i'm so terrified I'm just I'm just at a loss for words at this point. Okay. I, I got one thing in my mind, and now and I'm and I'm gonna say it one time when I get to it. It was a Raw Tag Team Championship match, Braun Strowman and a, a child. Yes. Versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Yes. Now, when Braun Strowman made his way to the ring, he didn't have a tag team partner at all. So he he said. My tag team partner is, could be anybody. It could be you, one of you, one of you. Now, anybody who's watched wrestling for the longest will probably think, okay, he's probably about to debut. There's a plant, yeah, a plant in the ground. There's a plant there. He's going to find somebody who's like, oh, this is a new superstar, or hey, this is a guy we know. Or maybe James Ellsworth's in the crowd or somebody, something like that, which would have been hilarious in my opinion. Yeah, it would be funny. Uh, that's what a lot of people are pulling for with this. But uh, he goes out. And he finds who has later been identified as the son of referee John Cone, I believe is his name. Is this, is this, I know people have, have reported that, but is this 100% true? Because I, I, saw, the, 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 I think people are only going by the picture that John Cone held up, with held up their hands. So if it's true, cool. I, and I, I don't want to say that it's not. I'm just, I don't know. I think I saw the report on Pro Wrestling Sheet. And they are generally trustworthy with this type of information. Okay. I'll look it up right now and see just to clarify. Uh, I hate to misidentify somebody. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I will say this: even if it was John Cone's son, and probably it probably would make more sense, being that because his dad repped the match, and he knows the guys, so there's a little more trust there. So maybe. But uh, while, while you're looking that up, I guess I'll give my quick thoughts on it because I know you're going to feel the opposite. Yeah, um, no, uh, 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 I just found it. Yeah, he, 
they reported it. It's referee John Cone's son. So I got to I know you want to say something, but let me just get this out. No, go ahead. I was just trying to spill the time. Yeah, please. So um, <laughs> this is if this was a, a Make a Wish kid, I would have I would have nothing to say about this. This would be an awesome moment for him. A great moment, a, a great moment for him to remember for the rest of his life. And for his record, we life. don't know if it was Make a Wish kid. Now maybe John Cone said kid is sick. We don't know that for the record. But so if it is, so if if he is, I will I will I will apologize for how I feel about. I, I can't apologize for how I feel, but sure. I understand. But uh, sure, sure, sure. As but as a aspect of WrestleMania, WrestleMania, this was dumb. Like I, I don't, I don't get this. Like okay, it's a it's a fun moment for the child. Mm-hmm. All right, I, but to put for for a child's name to be attached to uh, professional wrestling in this way, because keep in mind. I wasn't a fan of the King Maxwell stuff from TNA. And like when when the total total deletion order happened, I was like, all right, you, you're pushing it a little bit. So I'm not. I didn't defend that, and I can't defend this just because the kid's a little bit older. It just didn't. I also didn't like when Kenny Omega in DDT wrestling, wherever yeah. fighting that nine year old. Like and, I, and Kevin and Kenny Omega is one of my favorite wrestlers yeah. right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so this isn't just me souring on it because. Or having any type of hypocrisy with this, sure. I just don't like this thing in thing as as, a, as an aspect of professional wrestling, and this is dangerously, and I can honestly say this might actually be worse than David Arquette with the situation from WCW, because they because at least the, the point is David Arquette was a, a David Arquette had a name, people knew him, mm-hmm. if, if and and I understand that tag team titles don't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So in some ways it's similar and it's different all at the same time, but for a person that nobody knows to just hold the tag team title, and we know that they're gonna strip him of this thing like tomorrow, yeah, or tonight, yeah, it just felt like something that didn't need to happen. I would have okay. rather Braun Strowman beat them both, hold up the tag team titles, and then he gets yes he gets stripped tonight like that. Okay, or he gets said my tag team partner is these hands, and that could have been it. Um, so, I didn't really appreciate this. You go ahead. Um, well, I'm a father, so I, I I think about it a little differently. I mean, nothing you said was wrong, for the record. Nothing you said was wrong. I think, on the level, it's a it's a pretty ridiculous idea. On the level, it's a pretty ridiculous thought to go back in the title lineage and see a ten year old kid as a championship holder. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I get that. I understand that, and I I, I tend to agree with that, but. Uh, like I said earlier, man, I think some things just transcend wrestling or sense. Um, now, of course, my thoughts will change slightly because uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me that it's a referee's son, but if it, I, I would want it to be a Make a Wish kid if they were to do that. Um, Didn't they just give the the the, the Warrior Award to JJ? JJ. Yeah. You could. Which it, and and everybody was was tweeting JJ, but JJ to by the way JJ JJ act like he's been in the business for like thirty years. He's a vet. JJ <laughs> JJ was like, hey man, I ain't want no problems with that. So uh, I love that kid. That kid, yeah, he's, that boy. boy, that boy is so good. Um, but uh, and World Wish Day is next week. 
um, which they're pushing real big. So it would have been a nice callback if that is what it is. I will say this. Most of us wanted to see Braun go at it alone anyway, right? These hands. That was the, 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 the tag team, right? And I explained last time, the again, the callback of him starting his singles career after the Wyatts facing two people at the same time. It was a nice little circle, if you will. Um, so the prospect of him saying, I'm so good, I could just get a kid, is interesting. But Dave Finagel from, from Lords of Pain um, put out his, his review today, and he said something that really made me think. And if, when you hear it and you think about it, it it's plausible. Uh, it's very, very clear that the company wants to push Braun to some level of, of success, right? Of heights. Uh, he's, he's the most pushed guy in terms of he barely loses. He's the most pushed guy in terms of he really looks bad. And whenever he loses or gets beat, it's by a whole bunch of shenanigans. He's visible. He's starting to do more press, this, that, and the other. The one thing that every WWE baby, baby, baby face, not like top guy, top guy, but baby face, top guy has to do is get over with, with, with the crowd, with the kids has to, right? Uh, even Roma to an extent, which we'll talk to next kids, kids tend to love him because they look at him as a superhero. Yep. Braun is a big, scary looking dude. So if Braun can get over with children, that'll change the entire perspective of him as a top guy, because then you don't look at him as a utility guy anymore. You can look at him as somebody you can truly build your company around because everybody you know, he got something for everybody, right? Uh, so the pros- the prospect of him picking a kid and being super smiley and all this with the kid while still being badass Braun could really be good for him in, in, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. That And I never thought about that, but if you think about it from a business perspective, yeah, you want, you want your main guy, one of your main guys who's marketing things to be marketable to everybody, right? So yeah, if Braun's gonna be one of those guys, kids kids gonna love the dude now. Kids are gonna love Braun now, cause they're gonna feel like Braun's Braun's their guy, and Braun hasn't sacrificed any of his toughness to do it, like a lot of guys have in the past. Cause Braun come out tonight and he could squash Brock. Well, maybe not Brock, but you know what I'm saying. And we believe it. He could pretty much do anything, right? And then that would, that would that would probably make me happy considering what we're about to talk about next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but and and then he could go hang out with the kids and we it wouldn't be off base. So thought about that and that that was something that was something for me to really think about. So um, but this match was this was always going to be they had already told you it was going to be a comedy match in the build. The build told you it was going to be a comedy match. So, Definitely. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's one I mean, way to go, man. Even being perfectly honest, I would have rather seen this dude roll under the ring, and before the referee gets to the count of ten, he puts on the shirt and the glasses, and out comes Brain Strowman. Dog. <laughs> that that, that would have been Dog. more successful to me. <laughs> oh, by the way, the funniest part of the whole match was when the kid stuck his hand out to get the tag. I was dying. That was funny as hell to me. That was funny as hell to me. <laughs> if this is that direction WWE want to do from now on with some of this stuff, okay, you, you open a dangerous door with this. 
They're, no, I think they're they're smart enough to know that they can't run with this. Like you said, I'm pretty sure it's gonna get. I'm pretty sure it's going to get. Uh, they they have to shut it down tomorrow, or tonight. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that he's he's gonna get stripped. And think about it. Look at all the call ups that we prospectively have coming up. A lot of them are tag teams. Sanity, Authors of Pain, things of that nature. So tag team tournament. Okay, okay, I can deal with that. And now we talk about the main event. The big number four for Roman Reigns, surpassing John Cena, Triple H, and The Rock yep. for back to – and Stone Cold, that I think about it. Stone Cold well, did, never had a chance to do more than more than two because he got hurt. Right. Yeah. So surpassing all these legends in the industry for back-to-back to WrestleMania main events. Yeah. And he's one more away from tying Hulk Hogan's records. Yes. 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 In, in the main event, Brock Lesnar defends the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns, a rematch from WrestleMania 31. The build-up to this match was starkly different from the actual segments, which saw Roman Reigns call out Brock Lesnar for his part-time status, constantly come back and back time and time again for an ass-whooping against Brock Lesnar. And just when you think he would get the last segment to end the night, to show how he's going to win. He didn't get it on Monday Night Raw. And that basically told the story for what many are calling a, a, a confusing decision because Roman Reigns kicked out of not one, not two, not three, not four, which effectively put him out of action for at WrestleMania 31, mm-hmm. by the way. So not four, not five. I'm not four. He kicked out of five. Yeah. F5s. Yeah. Five F5s in that match. Yeah. That is way too much. That was that was overkill to a level of... They managed to surpass WrestleMania 31 with the level of overkill they put with Roman Reigns in these, in these F5 attacks. Because Roman Reigns had less... To be perfectly honest, Roman Reigns had less offense... In this match he had last time. In this yeah. match he had at WrestleMania 31. Absolutely. So for all the progress that he made over the past two years, it effectively meant nothing against Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar busted him open hard way. And that was that image of him bleeding out of his head as, as profusely as he was, that was scary. Yeah. I was concerned. I was legit concerned for that man when I saw that. It's been a long time since we've seen a crimson mask, but most of those are done with somebody blading and the, the blood pouring off. Not yeah. somebody busted open hard way. Yeah. Losing God knows how many, uh, how much amounts yeah, of blood. Yeah. So Roman hit maybe three or four spears towards the end of this match, and Brock Lesnar still kicked out. And it's important to note at this point that nobody cared at, if, when Roman kicked out of the first F5. Because we knew that was going to happen. Everybody, nobody cared after the second one. We knew that was going to happen. Nobody cared after the third. We knew that was going to happen. People were odd. People. Nobody cared at the fourth. They were a little like shocked, that. but yeah. They were a little shocked, like, wow, four? Like, they were more shocked that they were doing it more so than the kick out. Yeah, yeah. The shock didn't come until the sixth one. Yeah, when he when he finally won, yeah. So, and then Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar hit the six F5 and wins. Wait, no. Six, yeah, it was six. Seventh, right? No, six. It was the sixth. I'm talking about, so, the one to the table? I don't... Every 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 tweet by WWE and every all of these are saying it was six F fives. 
Okay. I, so, I, I need to go back and rewatch because it might it might have been seven because he did F five on the table. Yeah. I'm, so I'm gonna go back and watch that later today or tomorrow at some point this week. But point being, first of all, the F five means nothing anymore. The build that you've given the this intensity, this this shock and awe when everybody knows the end is near when the F five is hit, it was completely ruined. The F five is now the equivalent of the attitude adjustment. It's you had to you, you had hit like 16 million of these for 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 them to win the match. I'd argue it was like that already. I mean, I realized this this year did a little to change that, but before that, one F five never beat nobody until this right. year. I, I was trying to buy into the story a little bit. I was like, okay, they they want to do this one F five thing. I guess that means either Roman's not going to get hit with an F five period, or he's going to get hit with that one and kick out. Yeah. They and they went like, no, nah, we going. They gave him they gave him another three for every three for the past three years and yeah. one for good measure and all this other stuff. Like six F five is way too much, man. That is that is complete overkill. That was ridiculous. And Brock Lesnar ends the night as the universal champion. Yeah. Roman Reigns, man. I feel so sorry for this dude on on a level of like what was the point? If, if, if this if you got to do all this for Roman Reigns to get cheered or get sympathy as a baby face, you're doing something wrong. It shouldn't take all that. I've seen like getting like to be the to hard way open. Seriously, again, like I, I don't agree with that. Uh, they need to stop doing that before somebody really gets hurt. All this concern about Daniel Bryan and the injuries and all this stuff and, uh, and all these concussion issues, CTE. Uh, trauma to your head, and we out here busting people open the hard way. And, and, and what many could argue is even harder than he, it's definitely harder than he hit Randy Orton. John Cena didn't bleed this bad at the at, at Extreme Rules 2012. This is the most blood I've ever seen in a match in a long time. Yeah, and but it, we haven't it, seen blood like this in a long time too. So right. yeah. it, might, it might make for a cool visual in, in a Roman highlight package, but. All of this for him to not win the title, for him to lose, I I, 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 I don't know why. I, I, I need some answers tonight, and if I don't get any, then I just might have to take a break, okay. just like everybody else is trying to, because I, I just can't fathom what the thought process of this was. Can I jump in real quick? Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, we're going we're gonna to talk about the match and stuff about the match, but I want to I point out something to you, you guys real quick. So... I got laughed at when I picked Braun to win the Elimination Chamber. And my, the reason I was laughed at, and uh, w- which I openly acknowledge was a laughable thing to do, uh, was because I picked Braun because I believe in tangibility. And tangibly, no, Roman had done nothing to make anybody believe he would he would be in the man of WrestleMania. Nothing on camera. Nothing. He has he had not had a successful year, and this is this is this this isn't it's not a debate. Like you can look at the facts; it's just the truth. Um, and but all I kept hearing was, well, they want to coordinate Roman. Uh, we kept all the Meltzer reports and all the fan thoughts and all this, that, and the other. And here we come, and he loses. I feel like we've we just assume so much about Roman, about what they're going to do about Roman. We don't really know. And this is proof positive. Proof in the pudding. We don't 
No. So, uh, I have a theory. Uh, I have a theory. Of course, at, at the time of recording, some, some news has come out that are, you know, it's I don't know if it's true or not. There's a rumor that Brock uh, went into business for himself and had a fight with, uh, had an argument with Vince in the backstage after the match. We ain't going to talk about that like it's fact because we don't know. But I have a theory uh, as to why what happened last night happened. So the the crowd in majority in terms of like diehard fans hate Roman. They don't think he deserves a spot he's in. They don't want him in the main event. They definitely didn't want him to be the guy the main event for us mains in a row, right? Vince booked Brock Lesnar to basically squash the dude, right? Now, you realize that of everything that's happened, Roman hasn't, uh, Roman didn't have a great year. He, you know, had the lucky winner, you could say, eliminated Chamber, this, that, and the other. Uh, you realize now, at the very next day, that the majority of fans feel bad for Roman Reigns. Roman has garnered the sympathy that y'all swore he could never garner. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to translate to his matches. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because that's a different situation. But people were at the point of swearing that they, people swear that they, they wanted to end their fandom of WWE because of Roman Reigns, right? Roman couldn't get sympathy. Nobody cared about the dude, just wanted him to go away. But Vince flipped it to the point where he made something else so much so so bad Brock and this this and his push and him leaving possibly and him and his title reign and his continuous formulaic matches to where most people want Roman to win the title now just to get it off of Brock but he didn't <laughs> no he, but right. he didn't. <laughs> no you're right but my point is we don't know what's gonna happen tonight but my point is Last night, if Roman would have would have won, it would have just been status quo, right? We all expected it to happen. No big deal. Ha ha. Now you're like, God, what are they putting this man through? You just you started off talking about this match by saying, and I quote, "I feel so bad for Roman Reigns and how they're doing." Right? Yep. You don't think that Vince, being the master manipulator he is. It, not saying it's perfect, but he is a mass manipulator. Can flip that into something for Roman? What? Wait, 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 no, no. <laughs> what? Tell, tell me, honestly, honestly. Before last night, the way you feel about Roman, man, I feel so bad for him. Did you feel like that before last night? I felt it at, at times before, not in recent years, no. There you go. So. I feel like we all we all kind of tend to accept and agree that the Roman the Roman push the Roman debacle has become a bit of Vince just wanting to prove that you know what damn it I was right. Some of that is clearly that right. Some of that is clearly. Um, I just got a report from WWE on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The rematch is taking place at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Breaking news just now. Dog, uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Oh my god. 
Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> we just, I hate this company so much. <laughs> we just having a whole... <laughs> you know what I'm mad about? You know what I'm most mad about? Can I tell you what I'm most mad about? Now my dog is asking if I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Can I tell you what I'm most mad about, Simon? <laughs> I actually made sense to you, and you were actually like, damn, that actually is a point. And then and this just, comes out. <laughs> Come on, dog. Come on, man. Well. well. I can't breathe. Well. <laughs> I will okay, but let, let's let's try to be professional and end this and, and end this correctly. I did I can I I think we all could admit at least if nothing else that him winning last night clearly meant that he wasn't gone to you know wasn't gone he was gonna he had at least another month or something he was gonna finish so that's just proof positive. There you go, man. What in the world? So you mean to tell? So okay, Brock Lesnar resigns. I Big deal. Who said he resigns? Maybe he just is fit is finishing. People, I've heard rumors that it doesn't end until August, or or it might just end at April. I have no idea. Yeah. Bro, you know what? I wouldn't have minded. I would not have. Oh, he, oh no! Breaking Universal Champion Brock Lesnar resigns with WWE. And will defend his championship against Roman Reigns in the steel cage match at the Greatest Royal Rumble. So that's why, because he, he, this dude ain't gone. So this is this the whole perspective of all of this has changed. So the right man won. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess y'all don't want Roman, right? I mean, <laughs> right? But this is this is WrestleMania Part Two now, basically. <laughs> well, but it was already gonna be WrestleMania Part Two. The 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 show they're doing in Jeddah with over a hundred thousand people is supposed to be like their biggest show ever, so I understand them loading that up. I get that. I ain't got no problem with that. But had he not resigned, it would have looked really really bad. But him resigning just now it just becomes canon. It becomes part of the story. Um. So okay. So I'm not jumping off the cliff now. I was jumping off the cliff when they was just flying by the seat of their pants. But this dude clearly has. Resigned if it's for six months, a month, a year, whatever it is. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, good lord, man. Okay. The, 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 the gamut of emotions I've just gone through in this past three minutes. <laughs> My you, god. Well, I'm, <laughs> man, I ain't never seen this. Co- this company is getting on like they need to stop this. <laughs> Somebody gonna have some words for Mr. Man one of these days. Jesus Christ. Well, well, that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really know where to go from here. Um uh yeah. Uh I guess we'll we'll, you, we'll we will recon we will reconvene after the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. For, with with James just and uh, I will talk about this a lot more in depth. And we go we gonna really get in on this because man well, is, is it possible? Is it possible that they'll have him lose again, real quick before we get to before before the next couple of weeks happens and that show it, happens? It's surely possible. It's not probable, I don't think, but it's surely possible. 
God, I hope not. It, it's surely possible. Anything's possible. This is Vince McMahon. Anything's possible. A ten-year-old kid is a tag team champion. Anything is possible. It, but it, I don't. I don't think it's probable. No. Oh God. Yeah. And then y- y'all been thinking that Roman's gonna get this big coronation. There's no bigger coronation than the biggest show they've ever had. The Jetta show. And over a hundred thousand plus. Yeah. Oh man, and I'm it, I'm disappointed it's a steel cage match because when I hear steel cage in WWE, I think house show. You know, <laughs> let them do hell in the cell or something like the, the regular steel cage. Boy, well yeah. So y'all want good content? Y'all just got real live content because that happened literally as we were speaking. Man, man, social media. <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all listening, man. We we're gonna we, we're gonna we're talking about how frequently we're gonna do these, but we're definitely gonna do one at least a month. Uh, we enjoy doing them, you know. Simon and I, even though we tend to be on opposite sides of the spectrum, man, I love working with the dude. He knows the stuff. Always has a good opinion to to work off of. So we're gonna try to continue to get you the good stuff. But with that being said, you got anything to say before we got here, man? Well. I guess I'm. I guess I want to see Monday Night Raw now. <laughs> I was. I, I would have been fully intent on just watching the highlights. Okay, this guy debuted. Okay, cool. I, they get. They got my interest now. But uh, they they only get one or two more chances to be touring with people like this. You say <laughs> that, but they've been touring people like this for thirty years, dog. So <laughs> it's getting more. Is it not getting more ridiculous? I don't they are jumping that... through. They are jumping through hoops. It, I would say it was more ridiculous if the if the money wasn't coming back in, but the money is is the best it's ever been. So it's the ridiculousness clearly is isn't what the world is thinking because they're more successful than they've ever been. So something's working. Yep. And on that note, as a wrap, <laughs> we appreciate it, y'all. Have a good night. <laughs>